The Athletic. Totally Football Show. Today, curtains for the Champions League group stage games. After 31 years, we salute the final set of midweek matches with Milan, Man U, PSG staring at the exit. Plus, Bundesliga, Bayern's blowout of Frankfurt. That is a hollow back goal. Liga, big win at Barcelona, leaves Corona all alone. France, Lacazette, not finished yet for Lyon and about half a billion things from Serie A. All of that and more in this Totally Football Show. All right, hello there, listener and indeed viewer. If you're joining us on our YouTube channel at the Totally Football Show, it is for us Monday, the 11th of December. As I'm joined by James Horncastle, hello, Alvaro Romeo, hola, Raphael Honigstein, and punctuality is Julian Laurent. <laughs> Bonjour. Sorry, I was a little bit late, not much, and then one of the cameras was not working anywhere for YouTube. Uh-huh. So apologize to people on the YouTube live feed who've been yeah. waiting for yeah, 25 minutes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Minutes. It's my bad. It's yeah. my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a big week, Jules. It is a big week. Big week with, uh, as I mentioned, the last group stage ever. Going to miss this place. I know. It might come back at some point Do later, you, think? you know, as a trend oh. in 25 years' time. Wow. It does feel strange, isn't it? Have you got any special memories, Rafa, of the, the group stage? So many gold so many matches goals. over So there. many goals. Yeah, there's been lots of goals. We've done a piece about this on The what? Athletic, you know. It comes yeah. out when this probably comes out. Okay. Yeah. What? What was the conclusion? What, were there well, any special games? Yeah, there was the Dinamo Kiev uh, away against Barcelona when Sheva scored. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With Van Gaal as a manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was at the Liverpool uh, Olympiacos game in 05. Oh, yeah. That they oh, had to Gerard win. One. Yeah, the Gerard shot on the edge of the box Boom. to make it 3 1. Take a bow. Miller, lovely cushion header for Gerard! And Florence and Pongol, I think, also scored in that game. Really? I remember well, yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, that season, they went on to win the Champions League. As we know, Gattuso mentioned last night after the Marseille game. Did he? he mentioned that defeat, yeah, in the final against Liverpool. Excellent. Alvaro? I was trying to think about the uh, moments that were at least special for me. Deportivo de la Coruña oh, beating Manchester Milan. United. Oh, no, at Old, at Old Trafford. Mm. Because uh, the game against Milan was in the quarterfinals I believe yeah. but that game at Old Trafford yes, with Diego Tristan just playing with Manchester United defenders I mean that's something that stayed in my memory yeah. Brown, otra vez entre Bartes y Brown atención a Tristan golpea a Tristan a gol gol del D por otro error entre Brown y Bartes y Tristan acaba de conseguir el 3-2 I'd probably go with um, Partizan Belgrade 2010 <laughs> yeah 2011 <laughs> They, uh, that was great. Yeah, it was. They, um, they only scored two goals, both against <laughs> Arsenal, as it were, as it turned out. Yeah. Was the greatest campaign. They've stayed in your mind so much that you mention them every year, even if they're not really right. in the That's right. They've been in the competition anymore. every year since, <laughs> for me. Bayern <laughs> anyway. Roma 7-1. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Ashley yeah. Cole. That was one of the best team performances I've ever seen by a team, from Bayern that night. Hmm. There you go. There you go. Maybe you'll see another this midweek, as uh, Bayern... Take to the field at Old Trafford, a wounded Bayern, an embattled and bitter Bayern. We'll see. Anyway, we'll talk about that game in a second or two, but let's do a round of moment of the weeks. Uh, just just moments, if you will, rather than yeah, <laughs> weeks what? of the weeks. Jules, what, you, what have you got? I've got um, Alexandre Lacazette ah. on Sunday afternoon, who, after scoring his second goal of, of his hat-trick, 
tried a knee slide and you know how much we love Alexandre Lacazette on this show he's one of ours obviously even if he's not from Paris and the knee slide was a knee slop a, a knee stop even which still is great because he's got a hat-trick and at the right time to save his, his team and win another game the, only the second one this season but yeah it's always funny when someone tries a knee slide and just the grass is not you know slide, sliding enough really. did he face plant? he face plant massively mm. he didn't care as he said to me after but it's still funny did he so speak to you to yeah we, we, we exchanged a few messages you know oh, as nice. always do he's still my guy alright I miss him I miss him but I'm glad he scored three that young won yeah. finally and hopefully Stonewise will just you know Stonewise bring something to this <laughs> club that the second half of the season will be better yeah okay there are three points from safety but still yeah. very much bottom of the table Alvaro what was your moment of the weekend Girona oh, yeah. Barcelona come. no I know that we'll talk about it a little bit more later. I haven't got it in the schedule, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. It's your no, no, now. It's my shot now. I've got yeah. 30 seconds just to put this in. They were phenomenal. And I'm sure that uh, when Girona closes the, you know, or anyone closes the door of that locker room, they talk about the title race. Uh, Delphi Yeli, the president, funny name probably in English, he says that they, don't, they are not in the title race. Mm. Uh, Mitchell doesn't want to talk about that. But when they close that locker room, I'm pretty sure that nobody in Girona is discarding fighting for it. Okay. Because they can have a chance. I'm telling you, I mean, 41 points uh, after 16 games. They are on course to get 50, maybe, if they win the last three. And uh, the performance at Camp Nou was very impressive. Nice. Avro, are they doing that shtick that a lot of kind of revelation teams do, which is... Uh, our first objective is to get the 40 points yeah. to stay up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Mitchell said it even after the game. He said, well, no, we're I, safe. Right, yeah. I, I heard that safety. yesterday. Right. I heard that yesterday again. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's the narrative they want to push. But mm. the reality is that they are very good. Very good. Yeah. All right, 4-2 winners in Barcelona at the weekend. The first ever victory over the Catalan, the other Catalan Giants. Yes. Uh, James, said, yeah. Well, can we go to Serie B? That's... Um, because oh, yes. uh, there was a great game at the weekend between uh, Palermo and Parma at the Tardini. And uh, the goals in this game are stunning. Mm. So there's one from Matteo Brunori, uh, which is like Totti's goal for Roma against Inter. The classic kind of cucchiaio lob, the best cucchiaio. He scores another goal, which I think ordinarily would be one of the goals of the weekend. And uh, Palermo were 3-1 up. And Palermo, who are owned by... CFG, uh, Girona's owners, they've been on a terrible run of form. Only one win in eight. And it looked like they were going to go and beat the league leaders um, away from home. And um, certainly looked that way five minutes from time when they went 3-1 up. But no, Palmer scored twice in stoppage time uh, and celebrated as though they had won the Champions League, let alone City of B, to go back to the top of uh, the second division. And yeah, kind of just... Great. It felt like a Serie A fixture in Serie B. And mm. uh, I'm sure that we'll see at least one of those teams uh, in the top flight next year. We should bring in a Serie B segment alongside Serie A. I think. Well, I don't think this will be Palmer. my last um, mm. bit, if mm. you like, from Serie A B uh, this t- in today's show. So, But we'll get to that when we talk more about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Rafa, moment of the weekend. No time for B bits here. Mm. B-side. So B-side. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Werder Bremen against Augsburg. That's a B-side. Yeah, uh, James. Uh, 65th minute. Yeah. Um, two, two Augsburg players think there's a substitution. They're coming over, but the referee hadn't blown the whistle. 
the game continues and they're both sort of on the on the right hand side their left hand side and there's no one there so Bremen just continue to play and they, they score a goal no way the second <laughs> goal Marvin Ducks. very good nice excellent alright well it is with the Bundesliga we start Rafa so next up oh no it's not no it's yeah. not it's Champions League we start okay we'll do a round up of Champions League with some heavy Bundesliga involvement next this is the Totally Football Show part of the Athletic Podcast Network all right, Champions League Tuesday. Ooh, Man United Bayern is one of the key games. We'll talk about some of the others in a second or two, but this weekend, what a result for Frankfurt against Bayern, beating them 5-1. Bayern showing just how fallible they can be. Is that good news for United, Rafa, or does this mean they'll be extra motivated when they visit Old Trafford? I think it's bad news for United because Bayern would have gone to this game thinking, mm, shall we rest a few players? We've got nothing to play for. Big game against Stuttgart on Sunday. Mm. Um, Stuttgart in fantastic form. Now they have to save face. Now they have to show reaction. Now they have to really turn up. And I think Tuchel's going to play the strongest team. They're going to look for a real sort of um, resilient vibe and showing all the critics that this result is not indicative of their true performance levels I mean people have gone as you'd expect way overboard in my view there was a piece Paging in Hansi Flick there was <laughs> not yet not <laughs> yet there was a column in in Build where they said um, you're watching the dis, the sorry disintegration of a of a great team mm. um, well, why did why did they fall apart so spectacularly I saw various various suggestions about the fact that they didn't play last week or last weekend because of the snow the fact that Frankfurt had changed their defensive formation and it befuddled them? <laughs> no, they hadn't. They hadn't. Oh, they hadn't. They, they thought they had. Mm. And Tuchel was saying, oh, they're playing differently now, so get ready for this. And then they didn't. And he, he was very self-critical, very interesting in his statements. He said, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have just continued to talk to them about focusing, about aggression, about getting ready for the game. Instead, I gave them these tactical instructions late on. Maybe it was the wrong idea. He also sort of came close to saying maybe playing Eric Maxim Chupomating as a second striker wasn't wasn't a great idea he had a terrible game but he was not not the only one Manuel Neuer um, Manuel Neuer didn't actually, look good yeah. uh, the whole back four yeah. were shambles the midfield were pretty bad as well mm. and Tuchel is a big fan of XG because afterwards he said when you look at the XG uh, Frankfurt had 1.5 and they scored five goals so either they've been incredibly lucky or incredibly efficient or and that was his explanation which I thought was really interesting the chances actually weren't that great but we didn't defend them properly and he made the point that for all five goals Bayern had people close to the person with the ball they were always outnumbering the Frankfurt forwards but they were always too slow or in the wrong position or not alert to the danger and Frankfurt was just much sharper um, pressed Bayern really high and took full advantage. Now, I think there's there's a couple of things that have been a, a theme for this Bayern team that we've talked about on this pod. A, they have a problem playing out from the back when they get pressed high. The pressing resistance isn't that great. That's one of the reasons why Tuchel wanted a kind of Palinia-type figure uh, as a holding six who can pick up the ball on the turn and then start the attack. Second, the lack of balance that they continue to have with Goretzka and Kimmich, both thinking very offensively, both trying to be number eights rather than, than a number six. And finally, those sort of defensive lapses that 
haven't happened for the first time, but of course in a much more exacerbated uh, level, which explains the the scoreline. But mm. I've looked back at Tuchel's results, and he's never lost two games in a row at Bayern. Even his predecessors, um, Flick and Heinkes, only lost on one occasion two games in a row. So it just doesn't happen very often with this Bayern team, despite all its flaws and problems. And I don't think they will lose at Old Trafford either. Raf, what was the reaction of these so-called experts, Lothar Mateus and uh, Didi Haman? <laughs> Did they, because they've been critical of him before and Tuchel obviously didn't take kindly to that. Is yeah. there any kind of blowback this time where they're like, see, we're right? Or... Um, yeah, there was a bit of that. Diddy, Diddy was doing the game for Sky and he said, well, we've seen all these problems before and uh, I'm, I'm talking about the same thing again and again. Uh, I don't exactly know what Lothar said. He did, he did go on air on Sunday, but I didn't see that. But they weren't, I think, so much critical of Tuchel. The backlash was more towards the players playing so badly because all these individual mistakes and, you know, when you substitute your fullbacks both at half time, I mean, and they were both deserved substitutions. I think it goes beyond anything that the manager might have done. Mm. Man United have to win this game and hope that the other match, Copenhagen against Galatasaray, ends in a draw. It's a pretty specific set of it's, results. It's good that United are in good form. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oops. Um, Which humiliation was worse, Bayern's or United this weekend? I'd say United's yeah. getting beat at home. Frankfurt are a half decent yeah, side. They're not in great form at the moment, but you know they won the Europa League uh, mm. last year. They they nearly got into the European play. Well, I mean they got into the Conference League, but they had a chance of getting back into the Champions League yeah. last year. So they're an okay side, but. Yeah, still 5-1. Yeah, United are okay. more Shambles, for sure. Who's going They've through? Been At least Bayern had good game this season. Therefore, right. Even if it's not perfect, United have been pretty bad. They had Chelsea. I mean, that, yeah, was, but that was the only one because against Bournemouth, I think that Iraola did something which is quite simple. Basically, he closed the whole central channel and uh, Manchester United had to send the ball to the flanks. Mm. And all the crosses went into Neto's hands or otherwise Tavarni and Senesi were clearing it easily. I cannot recall Manchester United creating chances against Mormont, really. Who's going through, uh, Alvaro? Copenhagen. You think? I think so, yeah. They're hosting I, I love the way right? they are playing. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Cop 24. Boom. Raf? I think I'm going to go with Gala. Yeah, me too. I'm really? Nobody thinks Man United... Are mm, Man United yeah. going to make third even? Europa League football? I think is they, they, they depend on Copenhagen and, <laughs> and Galatasaray have to draw. Yeah. Otherwise, but, Manchester United go, won't go through. But if, no, no, they won't. But they could still make the Europa League if they get yeah. the win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, elsewhere on Tuesday, find out by joining us on the Gold Show, uh, TNT and Discovery Plus. Tuesday, uh, Arsenal uh, face PSV, while uh, Lens and Sevilla will face off for third place in that group. You've got Napoli against Braga. Qualification still open between those two teams, but Napoli can afford to lose as long as it's not by two goals. Mm -hmm. The other game in that group will see Union, who got a win at the weekend Yay! for the first time since August, take on Real Madrid. It's a Hanukkah miracle. Mm. Napoli have had four games under Watermat Sorry so far. How many have they lost? <laughs> Three, Three, but then again, they've lost to Real Madrid, Juventus and Atalanta. And Inter. Inter oh, and Inter, Inter sorry. Inter, yeah. They beat Atalanta. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah so, you know. Tough, tough set of fixtures. Yeah. You know, in the uh, last, quickly, last Sevilla game, mm. we, the, it's interesting because, I mean, 
Diego Alonso still has one more a game apart from the Copa del Rey, mm-hmm. and Lance are doing a little bit better. Just it's just that the um, after the Nantes fan was stabbed to death, remember before the Indonesia game, all that debate about um, forbidding the away fans to come and travel. They did that really late this weekend about the Sevilla fans, mm. which the Lance fans and especially the Lance Ultras are not happy with. So the Lance Ultras have said, you know what, the Sevilla fans have bought their tickets, right. their flights, their hotel. Mm. And now you don't want them to travel. So we're going to allow them to take our place in the ground. So it'd be interesting to see what happens on, on Tuesday. It's the early kickoff. Wow. If the police will really be there in numbers and in force to prevent any Sevilla fans to get in. But the Lance fans were, had a statement on Sunday night saying, we, we disagree with the Home Secretary decision to mm. ban the Sevilla fans from traveling. So they can take our place in the stadium, but they, sh- they should be there. And we will show everyone that you can have home and away fans without any troubles. All oh, right. Well, well, well done. Chapeau. Yeah, chapeau, Lance. Chapeau, fans. Lance. Indeed. Excellent. Also on Tuesday, you've got Inter taking on Real Sociedad at San Siro. That's for the group, essentially, to avoid the big guns in the uh, last 16. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inter 4-0 winners against Udinese at the weekend. Real Sociedad with a 2-1 win at Villarreal. I think. Is that right? 2-1? 3-0. 3-0. Not so much. 3-0, yeah. 3-0, yeah. 3-0, probably. On Wednesday, Atletico Madrid. What did they do this weekend, Alvaro? They beat Almeria 2-1. 2-1. Yeah. I mean, they did the business in the first half and then they they just kept the lead. It was easy for them, really. Okay. Well, they're going to be hosting Lazio, who didn't win. Although they did have a lovely goal from Zekanga, didn't they? Well, that could have been... The moment of the week was just backheel goals. It's yeah. Zacanian. Oh, yeah, the in the Lazio Verona game, and then Muriel against uh, Milan, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Definitely. A lot of time yeah. made for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then what else on Wednesday? You've got Red Star against City and RBL, uh, Leipzig against uh, who's that young boys? Porto against Shakhtar. Both those teams yeah. can go through alongside Barcelona. That's big. Point is enough for Porto. And, oh, yeah, Group F. Who's <laughs> going to go through? So Dortmund are already through. They just need a point at home to Paris Saint-Germain to be certain of topping the group. Newcastle yeah. host Milan. And Newcastle, what does Newcastle need to do? Hang on a sec. Who knows this? Well, they have to uh, win. Uh, no, I know. Uh, they need a win. And yes. PSG dropping points if they want to go through. So Newcastle need to win and they need PSG to draw or lose. Yeah, exactly. And what do Milan need, Alvaro? Same thing. Okay, that's easy yeah. enough. All right. But not a draw. A draw is not enough for Milan. Hmm. All right, need both, both need to win and PSG Newcastle, to drop points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Newcastle have looked so fearsome at home, with the exception of Dortmund, of course. But uh, that game against... Milan at San Siro, Nick Pope's such a key component of that point for the Magpies and not going to be there this Wednesday, of course. Yeah, Nick Pope made eight saves in that game. He was also excellent against uh, PSG uh, in the last round. So that is a big blow. You could say that was maybe some uncertain goalkeeping at the weekend in the defeat to, to Spurs. Milan, as you mentioned, they had, I think, 25 shots in that uh, first game it was a Milan that was in better form fresher had more enthusiasm about it than the one that is currently going to be facing uh, Newcastle because Rafa Leao who missed the big chance in that game by Mm. attempting a a back heel against Newcastle at San Siro um, he's still coming back from injury he's expected to play some part uh, against Newcastle on Wednesday 
Um, and they better hope so, because Leao is kind of the one-man tactic that uh, this team has. Just give him the ball and hope he does something. They've got so many injuries, and these teams have got so much in common in that regard, because Newcastle have an extreme injury crisis, and Milan do as well. They've had nearly 30 separate injuries this season, which has meant that um, Fikayo Tomori is the only fit centre-back playing. Um, Teo Hernandez has had to play as a, a centre-back as well, which means that in addition to losing Leao, if you lose Teo, the strongest part of that AC Milan team is just not there. Um, so I think this should and Calabria's be... Calabria's not injured, which is possibly the biggest <laughs> <Yes>. issue. <laughs> yeah, Calabria, who, who got sent off at the weekend in the defeat to uh, Atalanta, um, which, as you allude to, is probably a blessing um, going forward in the league, at least. But... All these red cards that Milan keep getting, um, which let's not forget, I mean, they forced Olivier Giroud to even go in goal against Genoa. It's made it really difficult for Pioli to rotate his team, which he's not particularly good at in the first place. Um, so this game should be amazing, A, because of the atmosphere at St. James's Park, B, because they both need to win. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it'll be extraordinary watching on the goals show. Mm. Newcastle looked very knackered yesterday. Oh, yeah. I yeah. saw them on their knees. Also the, uh, against Everton Yeah, mm. yeah, and Guimaraes especially. I think that uh, I've seen way better versions of Guimaraes than yesterday's. I think that he is not well surrounded right now. And uh, you know, mm, the good thing for Newcastle United is that Callum Wilson and Longstaff came back. They are not hundred percent, but at least those are two more options for Eddie Howe. Fair point. You can make a case for either of these teams winning, I guess, Newcastle or Milan, but it won't matter a jot if PSG win at the already qualified Borussia Dortmund, who themselves got beaten at the weekend. Did they not by RB Leipzig, Rafa? It's a bad week for them because they got knocked out in the cup mm. away to Stuttgart, which was always their most realistic chance of winning a trophy, especially with so many big teams already being out in the Bundesliga. And then they were a little bit lucky, lucky in a sense that Mats Hummels was sent off after 15 minutes and everything that happened after that sort of had a bit of an asterisk to it. And they, they came back, they drew 1-1, at the end they nearly came back again to drew 3-all. So they showed kind of resilience, they played as well as a, as a 10-man team can play mm. against a very good Leipzig side. So in the end, it felt almost like it was almost kind of a draw and it wasn't a sense of, oh, we got beaten against our massive rivals for fourth spot. So uh, the fact that Hummels was sent off helped them in a strange way to deal with the defeat yeah. better. But of course, it still leaves them fighting for that fourth spot, going into the winter break with only the Champions League left as the one competition they could win in theory, but right. they won't. Okay. And um, how, how up for this game will they be? They need a point to... The group. I think they'll be up for it because it's a big Champions League night. Mm. They're playing PSG. They're, they don't really like PSG that much. There was yeah. that history with um, poor Erling Haaland being made fun of, yeah. you know, by the mean Frenchies. When it was Neymar, especially, I can blame the Brazilian guys. <laughs> was it him? Yeah, especially, yeah. And uh, they will pay for that. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. What do you think, Jules? It's a big if. You said if PSG win, it's a big if. Um... They seem quite relaxed in Paris right now, to be fair. Even if Usman Dembele is suspended, which is the big blow because, as we've seen since the start of the season, he's PSG's best player, even if he's not always the best end product with him mm. uh, or the best decision in the end. But he's still amazing with the pace and everything that he does. And I think 
Luis Enrique has built the patterns of play a lot on that right-hand side with Hakimi and Dembele. So Dembele not being there is a problem. They beat Nantes on Saturday night. They clearly could not care really too much about the game. It was a bad game because I think they were already in Dortmund in their heads. So we see, I mean, the, at least it's a good test in the sense that we will see if they can be like, you know, like if they if they can be, I was going to say if they can be men, but men in the sense that mm. they have to take their responsibilities now. Mm. This is a game that you know you have to win, even if a draw could be enough, even losing could be enough to be fair, because if Milan and Newcastle draw, PSG even by losing a Dortmund are still through. Wow. So, you know, there, it, there's a lot of scenario that could work out. But I think they want to go there and show that in a big night like that, for once, they don't crumble and actually get something positive out of it. Okay. So we see. Men are supposed to boys, you mean? Yeah, yeah as in like, yeah. you know, like just take the responsibility. Their destiny in the, is in their hands. So, boys yeah. to men. Ma mm. Massive night for Luis Enrique as well. Mm. And Luis Campos. And Luis Campos, yeah. But wouldn't Europa League be... <laughs> I knew. I was wondering which one of the two, because Alvaro is too nice. The last time you lost in the Europa League was against us. <laughs> I remember. Yes. I yeah. I was not called the Europa League, was it though? In the UEFA Cup? No, 2012 or something like that. I can't even remember. Yeah. 2012, we were yeah. not in the you Champions can, League. You can, can't you, Alvaro? All I'm saying is, it would Honestly, present yeah. a really we beat PSG in the Europa League. Big opportunity to win a trophy. Yeah, it would, to be fair. No, no, I know it would. Although in we would somehow football. manage to lose somewhere mm. before the final. Look at the good it did West Ham, for example. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you for comparing. West Ham, West Ham. of course, as Giorgio Chiellini said, would walk Serie A. Did he say that? He did. He said that in an interview to The Athletic, um, published by a colleague of mine, Elias. Mm -hmm. okay. He said West Ham would easily win Serie A. Easily win Serie A? Yeah. There yeah. you go. I'd love to see that happen. Take. Is where you get, I don't know, Israel joining the Eurovision Song Contest? Wouldn't it be fun to have a club just dropped into it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, like, just yeah. guest clubs. Yeah. Because they do that in the NFL, don't they? Where, where you have fixtures where you, you, yeah, you yeah. play against a certain, you pay your own conference. Mm. But yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. It's like that. Yeah. You know, the America. Swiss model of Champions League, where they have anything like that. Maybe a Europa League team dropping in for one round. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, just yeah. uh, spitballing here. Anyway, there is Europa League on Thursday, isn't there? Don't forget. Don't forget, join us for the Europa League on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And if you do forget, Rafa and I will be there at 10.30 yeah. to round up all the bits that you might have <laughs> not quite made about. it to watching. <laughs> uh, good. Key round of games in the Europa of and Conference League. Six, of course. Match day six. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen midweek, but we're looking forward to it. I think that's the conclusion I draw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up, time for that long-awaited Bundesliga chat, Raf. Some of which we've already had. Mm. Hi, I'm Ian Irving, host of Talk of the Devils, the Athletics podcast dedicated to Manchester United. Twice a week, I'm joined by Andy Mitten, Carl Anker and Laurie Whitwell as we bring you the very best insight from inside Old Trafford. You'll get all you need to know on transfers, tactical analysis, dare I say takeovers and much, much more as we follow United home and away. You're not getting this anywhere else. So search for Talk of the Devils and listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're all driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
and Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. According to their own survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Remember the last time you were hiring and how slow and overwhelming it was? Well, you don't need to go through all that again. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent. And because you listen to The Totally Football Show, Indeed is going to give you a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash totally. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com slash totally. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed at Indeed.com. This is The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. Das wäre das 5 zu 1 durch Ansgar Knauf. Schiedsrichter 2 war sich relativ sicher und hat abgepfiffen und Tor! Tor! So habe ich von Anfang an gesehen. 5 zu 1 für die Frankfurter Eintracht. Bayern going to the Frankfurters and having the worst time of it there. 5 1. Yikes. Are we. We discussed this game in some some depth already, Raf. We haven't mentioned Harry Kane though yet. He he's, he struck a disconsolate figure there in his sodden shirt. Yeah, I mean Frankfurt was sizzling. Nice, mm. <laughs> but uh, Harry Kane was not a sausage. Had one had had one chance, <laughs> yeah. which he missed, yeah. and otherwise was pretty lonely up front. I mean, a tradition. Tradition, tradition requires me to say that the Frankfurters were on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there you go. It leaves it leaves Bayern um, four points behind the Bundesliga leaders by Le- Leverkusen. Well, the Bayern do have a game in hand. Leverkusen themselves dropping points. They drew 1-1 with that Stuttgart team who you were mentioning. Yeah, Stuttgart in the first half were outstanding. Really good. Really, really good. They were all over Leverkusen. And they took the lead, but Leverkusen came back uh, pretty strongly. And it was probably, as most people think, best game of the season so far. In really? Not in terms of goals and necessarily entertainment. We've seen more um, goalier. We've seen goalier mm. uh, games, but... You could say more, it's still not going to work. Goaliest, do you like that? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fine. It's a I mean, I'm using. No, no, that, that's fine, but there's no point going back to take the more out. because <laughs> No, because no, it's either goalier or more. You cannot yeah. have two. Anyway. Apparently you can. There have been games with more goals, James. Oh, yeah. But the quality of the football on show, I think, was the highest we've seen so far. Were Leverkusen lucky to get out of there with a point? Well, I don't know. On the balance of the whole... 90 minutes, I don't think so, no. because they, they shaded the second half. But yeah, Stuttgart had the momentum, and if they'd, they'd taken more of their chances in the first half, then it would have been a different story. But as it is, Leverkusen's still unbeaten, mm. 21 games in. I mean, that is pretty amazing, and it's not that many draws either, so there's real substance there. The three, only team in the big five leagues yeah. still unbeaten. Indeed, next weekend we'll see they and Bayern Munich exchanging dance partners, as it were. It'll be Leverkusen who take on uh, Frankfurt, while Bayern have Stuttgart. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and mm. I went to see Gorani Chaka on Friday in okay. Leverkusen. And uh, watch out for a big interview with him. So. Okay, because that's something that when people watch Leverkusen, they go, oh, Gorani Chaka's there, and they're doing really, really well. Yeah. He's been a huge success. Yeah. Huge success, mm. huge success. He's uh, one of the characters in the in the team mm. 
always on the pitch, always playing, always delivering. Plays in a slightly deeper position, uh, more of a six than an eight, as he did recently with, with Arteta's Arsenal. But yeah, super influential, top professional, and exactly the kind of player that brings sort of the maturity and the, um, the hard-nosed kind of winning mentality that a team like Leverkusen sometimes have lacked in the past when they've had a lot of interesting young players, but as a unit it didn't work quite as well. I think he added a lot to the mix. All right, looking forward to reading that interview. Rafa, when's that up? Sometime. Let's talk about Union then. Their first victory since August, Rafa. Finally, finally. Nenad Bielica, the new manager who was already in charge in the, in the Champions League, got his first win, Union's first win in ages. They were lucky because they were playing Borussia Mönchengladbach, Gladbach, who always seemed to do badly against the bottom team on the table. I don't know why. Maybe they take them too lightly. This is a Gladbach team that won in the week against Wolfsburg to qualify for the last eight in the German Cup and will be one of the favourites because Stuttgart and Leverkusen meet each other. And apart from Gladbach, it's only second division and one third division team left. Good Lord. Yeah. All right. In the meantime, so, in the Bundesliga, Union have leapt up to 15th, so above even the relegation playoff spot, and they have a game in hand that snowed Yeah, it was fixture. a huge three points, huge three points for them. They're still only on 10, which is not, not a lot. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of belief would have come back, and good timing as well with, with that key Champions League game coming up that can still mm. deliver European football for Absolutely. next Absolutely. If they beat next Real Madrid at the Olympia Stadion, Europa it's League game. could be theirs. I mean, if you told people a few years ago that it'd be Union hosting Real Madrid in the yeah. Champions League, they would just tied you to a stake and lit You're match. totally nuts. Yeah, absolutely. No Bonucci, maybe, you know. Oh, no. In that win. Really? Yeah. Honestly. I'm just saying. What a buy he's been. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let's move on to La Liga. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Alex Garcia. La deja para Miguel Gutiérrez, Miguel Gutiérrez, Miguel Gutiérrez la deja para Sabio, Sabio va a centrar, Prestuani. Sweet sound of the Catalan derby there. Scoreline Barcelona 2, Girona, or Girona, sorry, 4. We've been talking, Alvaro, about what they're doing up there at the top of the table and saying maybe easy fixtures. This was the big test. Certainly sounds like they passed it. They passed it. I mean, they dropped points against Real Madrid because they lost, and then against Real Sociedad and Athletic Club Bilbao because they drew against them. They beat Barcelona, and uh, generally speaking, they've been fantastic. I said before, 41 points out of 48. I mean, this is an average that uh, nobody could have ever dreamt of at Girona. They've been doing very well this season. I think that uh, the temptation would be to criticize Barcelona and to say that they weren't good enough or whatever, but I think that Barcelona didn't have any problem with the attitude. I think that Barcelona tried to attack as well. At some spells of the game, they were good, they but Girona was way better. Yeah, really. Barcelona had twice as many shots as, as, as Girona. There you go. Yeah, yeah, they tried, but uh, you know, Girona dominated because domination sometimes is not about having possession. It's also about uh, being comfortable in the game because the game is being played the, the way you want. Then I think that... Uh, Barcelona could never understand the kamikaze runs of uh, Miguel Gutiérrez, the left-back. He was uh, 
basically using the his channel uh, to produce many shots in the first half. He scored one goal. No one chased him properly. I think that they they knew how to keep the ball. They played from the back when needed. They played long balls when needed as well. One of the goals, Chigankov's one, came like this. And they profited as well. Uh, very bad uh, individual errors of Barcelona's defense. Uh, I think that uh, Jules Kunde was a softy in that game. For every duel, you could feel that he didn't go there with the needed energy. Christensen as well, in one of the defensive ap- actions that uh, led to uh, one of Girona's goals, uh, wasn't good enough. But generally speaking, I think Girona had a very composed win against Barcelona. It's true that Barcelona had Lewandowski scored when the scoreline was still open uh, pretty much at the end of the game. They would have gotten maybe a point, but uh, it would have been undeserved. I think Girona was better and uh, they played with maturity and this was they one of men. the biggest... That's the phrase, yeah. Men. This was a massive... They a, a or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a proper... Mano a win mano. with authority. Yeah. A win with authority. In Spanish, you would say, and this uh, sounds terrible nowadays, una victoria de pelo en pecho, a hairy chest win. You could say something like that. Honestly, uh, Girona doesn't have any weak points right now, and uh, the best thing about them is that Again, they belong to the Manchester City group. Uh, Manchester City group has given them the structure, some workflow, some uh, protocols uh, about how to do things and all that. It's very good to be professionalized to that level. Mm. But also Girona has done their own recruitment and they have brought players that nobody probably had believed in. Okay. Blind, Daily Blind, last season in Bayern, it looked like, you know, it was pretty much it for Daily Blind. Gatsaniga, he played in the Premier League, but he didn't play much. Alex Garcia, again, he was on loan in Romania. I mean, these kind of players, they are stepping up. And they are Eric Garcia, another guy who became a little bit of a meme in Spain, in Spain because he uh, came from Manchester City, he wasn't um, good for Barcelona sometimes, uh, he became a little bit quintessentially the problem, um, or he represented some of the problems of Barcelona, that he was too light, he wasn't defending well, even though he knew how to play from the back. Eric Garcia has become a really good defender at Girona as well. Uh, and Eric Garcia, for that song yesterday, after the football game, he said, I watched Girona last season and I was thinking to myself that if I didn't stay at Barcelona, I wouldn't mind playing here. Ooh. So even players know that Girona uh, are doing things in a certain way that are very attractive for footballers. Footballers want to play for Girona too because they know that under Mitchell, you're going to shine and the manager Mitchell is going to get the best out of you. Very nice, Raf. Does Robert Lewandowski encapsulate the problems that Barcelona have at the moment? I would say that Robert Lewandowski has not been very clinical this season. A couple of weeks ago, I said that he wasn't getting enough supply, but it wasn't the case against Girona. Against Girona, he got his chances, he scored one, he didn't score another one. But I don't like what Robert Lewandowski is doing sometimes, which is uh, blaming his own teammates uh, for not getting uh, passes from them. He did it to Lamin Yamal three weeks ago, and that didn't look good. It's very easy to have a go at a 16 years old boy. And uh, yesterday with Fermin, he got a very similar one as well. Well, Lamin Yamal could tell Lewandowski today, look, maybe three weeks ago, I didn't pass you the ball the way you wanted but yesterday missed, yeah. yeah but yesterday I passed you the ball the way you wanted and yet you didn't score I'm not going to blame, blame Lewandowski because I know that in the future he's going to end up scoring goals in important games but I would say that his contribution if he doesn't score is not that big and sometimes you can really tell 
that uh, he's a bit rigid. He gets the ball outside of the box. It takes him some time to turn. His one choose with the rest of the players is not accurate enough. You know, work to do for Robert Lewandowski, definitely. And his salary is going upwards year after year. It's getting upgraded. It's so, a great deal for Barcelona. Yeah, probably it's pretty painful. Age. Pretty painful for, for John Laporta, especially for the president to see that, but he signed that contract. <laughs> he did. It's only the fourth time in the last two decades that someone scored four goals away at, at Barcelona. So well done, Girona. Barcelona dropped to fourth place. Hmm. Girona two points clear at the top now. Real Madrid, who were level with them, getting held by Betis away in Seville. Good game. Mm. I think Real Madrid played okay. Uh, Jude Bellingham with their goal, but what an equaliser. A beautiful ball. one. I mean... That was composure. I mean, Jude Bellingham, he's destroying La Liga on his own, really. He's uh, finding all the pockets, all the spaces to, to shine, and he did score again. He's in the list to play against Union Berlin, too. Mm -hmm. I thought that maybe he was going to be rested because, you know, his shoulder issue and all that, even though I don't know if uh, his shoulder issue will get fixed with rest. Maybe he needs something else, that's for sure. But um, I think Real, Ma Real Madrid didn't uh, perhaps play with the needed level of intensity at some point. I think, for example, a player like Fede Valverde, who was a little bit quiet the other day uh, at Benito Villamarín. If Fede Valverde, for example, doesn't play 100%, he's just a mundane footballer, all due respect. If he plays 100%, he's a fantastic midfielder. So I think Real Madrid was missing a little bit of that. And also, if Betis has a player like Ruival, who gets the ball in that corner of the pitch, in that area of the pitch, and puts it there, Uh, beating Lunin, there's very little you can do. Betis had even a chance to win the game because Isco hit the post uh, pretty much uh, at the end of the second half. So, you know, I think that uh, nil nil or uh, one one all the scoreline, sorry. It's uh, all in all, if you check who, who had the chances and what happened during the game, I would say that Betis and Real Madrid can be happy with the point. Okay, Real Madrid in second place, as I mentioned, behind them, five points further back, but with the game in hand are Atletico Madrid, who got the win against Almeria. Talking about Bayer Leverkusen being the only unbeaten side left in the top five leagues. Only three teams in the top five leagues around Europe have won all of their home games so far this season. One, Aston Villa. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one. Then Atletico Madrid are another, <laughs> and the other uh, Liverpool. You remember when Borussia Dortmund had that incredible record of like, no, those days are long best gone. Best points right? per, in Europe. Best points per game in the top five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Atletico. There is a player who who is pivotal for them. Every time Atletico has been fighting for titles or getting to the end of the tournaments uh, in the last four years, all that has coincided with the best form of uh, Llorente. Okay. I think that Llorente was instrumental when Atletico won the title in 2021 and he's playing a lot of games. Sometimes Marcos Llorente gets injuries, even though he's a fitness obsessed man, mm -hmm. uh, he picks many injuries. I mean, his muscular injuries last season were a, a real problem for Atletico de Madrid, but he's giving the right intensity to Atletico on the right channel. He's playing pretty much every game and I think he's probably the unsung hero this season for Atletico, even though Antoine Griezmann and Alvaro Morata on, mm. a, on a different level. The goal of Morata, Morata the other yeah. day was very, astonishing. Very un-Moratian. Very un-Moratian, yeah, because, because he, if he, in front yeah, of the think. goalkeeper, he, he had the composure mm. to do that. When, usually when he has to think, he misses. Yeah. And this time he thought he did well in his goal. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. No, Amazing. Alvaro, Alvaro Morata... It was against Alan Maria and more top five stats now. They are the only team in Europe's top five leagues yet to win a game, Alan Maria. Oh. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, I was really on The Sweeper. I like to keep track of the more niche competitions of our The Sweeper. Uh, that um, PSV Eindhoven are now the only one of the 734 top flight clubs across 
UEFA's 55 nations with a perfect record domestically. It's true. It's bosh ball. This comes after Virtus of San Marino, who had been making a perfect start Mm -hmm. in the long and complicated San Marino league. (laughs) (laughs) Arduous. Competitive. Yeah. They dropped points in a loss to Cosmos. Not sure if that's a derby. (laughs) (laughs) Intergalactic. (laughs) Probably a derby, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, the other news is that uh, Granada Athletic was suspended in yeah. the 17th minute with uh, Athletic a, a goal up because a fan had a cardiac arrest and, and died. He passed away, yeah. Um, mm. He was being treated already by the time Unai Simon, Athletic Club Bilbao goalkeeper, told uh, the refereeing team that uh, something was happening right. in the stands. So um, the doctors from Athletic Club Bilbao and Granada went there, tried to help, but uh, it was too late. So mm. the game is going to be replayed on Monday. Athletic Club Bilbao wanted that to happen because they were already in Granada and because it makes a lot of sense, really. But Granada wanted to wait a little bit more. Uh, but the truth is that uh, all the TV cameras, all the, all the TV setup was there already. Okay. Uh, so it's ev- actually today, though. Everyone yeah, was there, right. yeah. So it's going to be on Monday, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, Serie A. Mm. Or B. Or B. <laughs> Why are so many big stars missing from the Women's Champions League? Do we really need VAR in the women's game? Have Arsenal got too many players? Hello, I'm Sophie Penny, and I'm the host of the all-new Full-Time Europe, the Athletics women's football podcast. If you're a big women's football fan or a passing purveyor of the game, Full-Time Europe is answering the questions you're asking. From Man United to Lyon, Barcelona to Wolfsburg, we have you covered. That's Full-Time Europe, out every week, available wherever you're listening now. We're sponsored for this episode of The Totally Football Show by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, which is up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Now, because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com totally, all in lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash totally to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash totally. You're listening to the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, the Football Content Awards International Podcast of the Year. Back a bit, everyone. Liga, top three or one, I think. Yeah, PSG beat Nantes. Nice beat Reims. Yeah. And Monaco won at Rennes. Oh, and Marseille. Marseille, yeah. They're creeping up that table. They are, I mean, 4-2 against Lorient. Will Steele and Reims were not happy with Farioli. Yeah. He said he wanted to hit him. Yeah, because really? the way... Yeah. So first, I think Will Steele was really annoyed. He said on live on television, he said, 
this, this game really like broke my balls. Uh, sorry, but I just repeated. You know what he says? Makassi uh, he said. How is his French? Amazing. Is like, it? There's no accent, neither English accent or Belgian accent, nothing. And the way he switches between the two is yeah, it's really remarkable. impressive. Yeah. He said it's the game like... was bad for most of it, really, until the first goal. And then you had three goals in succession pretty much. And then, yeah, when he scored their winning goal late after it was 1-1, the way Faioli celebrated and the bench. I mean, all those Italians, you know Italians. Uh, that really annoyed him. And he said, when you, when you take the mickey like this, I really want to punch you. He said, not you as in Faioli, but, you know, want to punch someone, really. Um, and Faioli and he said, listen, we didn't mean anything. Sorry, like that kind of stuff. But it was... It, it's, sorry, but not sorry. Yeah. And it's unusual to have a post-match interview. Like, it was great to have Will still saying it like, like mm -hmm. he felt it, really, so... What about Marseille? So Obama Great. Yang, who we thought was a bit of a, yeah. a dad for them. Slow start. Ten goal involvements in the last four games. Yes, yeah, seven goal scores. Uh -huh. Four plus the assist, you're right, Jimbo. Great win away at Lorient, although uh, Reno was not happy after the game because they were 3-0 up and then 3-1, then 4-1 up, then 4-2. Uh, but Mendy actually scoring the, the second goal for Lorient. And Gattuso was really cross after the game. He said, ah, I was not happy. I told them first half, great. That's what a great team do. Great teams do. Second half, no. And I know what I'm talking about because sometimes I Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe <laughs> Exactly. He said, because I was in a Champions League final where we were 3 it up and then obviously we lost. That's why he talked about it. He said, and I didn't like how Marseille just kind of switched off after halftime. It was still okay because they won and they were really good. And they're climbing up that table and they're on the roll and, and he's very happy. And he changed the team to a back three. That works really well. But yeah, it was funny again, his post-match press conference and, and interviews when he said like, no, 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 I, like, I told them I was not happy. I warned them at halftime and they still did it. So I think they, they went through the hydro treatment again. All right, the growler. The yeah, the Bamiyang, growler. Uh, was uh, a kid at Milan when Gattuso was of there. Of course, yeah. yeah. They know yeah, each other. Yeah. And, and Oba still speaks a bit of Italian as well. Does so he? That would okay. Yeah, yeah. I have to say about For, Oba very quickly. Mm. I, I think his time at Barcelona... Underrated. Can be... Yeah, yeah, they cannot be underrated. Don't be too kind. Don't be too no, kind. No, honestly, he, ah, he scored 11 goals in half a season for Barcelona and okay. he helped them uh, beat Real Madrid at Bernabeu 4-0. Uh, I think that he was a better fit than Robert Lewandowski profile-wise. Mm. I'm not saying that he's better than Lewandowski, but Barcelona probably would be benefiting a lot from having a striker uh, who could actually uh, run a lot. There like you go. Auba. Marseille have climbed to sixth. They are four points mm. behind Lille in the last Champions League spot. Actually, that's not true. Monaco are in the top three, isn't it? Top three. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so a little bit further away. But there they are, the sixth. Three, three straight victories for Gennaro Gattuso's side. At Lyon, meantime, down at the bottom of the table, still in last place, three points from safety now. But what a win for Pierre Sage. Yeah, Pierre Sage, the interim coach. I think we'll get the job until the end of the year now. Okay. They will take their time and see he might get it for the, until the end of the season, stone-wise. But uh, James is tickled by what his name? The yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah, I know. Sto uh, yeah, stone-wise. Uh, really good, although to lose Mr. Yeah. Penn. Uh, but for the, the leaders in that Lyon team, Lacazette, mm. Tolisso, Lopez, right. haven't been good at all this season. And for Lacazette especially, Lopez saved the penalty. To have that kind of performance was good. Uh, we even saw Jean-Michel Olas mm. at the stadium with... John Texter has been friends again, despite all the arguments from the past. Uh, this time they were all like that unity, you know, because okay. it was it was uh, urgent for them to fraternity. Yeah, to actually put a good performance in. So well done. The only problem I would say on Friday they go away at Monaco, 
and they could get spanked again. So, okay. you know, at least they won, so they bought themselves a little bit of of time and just a bit of peace and breathing space. But going away at Monaco to Monaco on Friday is going to be very difficult for a team that is still not very good, despite that, like I said, hat trick and the win. Okay. Uh, on the subject of Will Still, just returning to Rance, is there any truth to these stories of him going to Sunderland? You heard anything about that? I know that he was linked to them, really? but that he was very happy. Was told he was very happy in Reims. He yeah, wanted it would to seem stay. a strange move. Yeah, and I think they can obviously. The aim is for them to uh, to try to finish in the European positions, not the Champions League, but mm. certainly in the the Conference League, maybe. They're level with Marseille on points. Yeah, exactly. So they're having a really good season. Sunderland's uh, president, I mm. think, is the youngest president or chairman in in UK parlance in European football. It's uh, Kirill Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, so the son of Margarita and Robert, ah, who so was the Marseille owners. Marseille, yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, so he he still follows Ligue 1 very wow. very well. And talking about managers, just to finish, and French managers in this case, well done to Columbus Crew who won the MLS mm. Cup with a French manager. It's really rare that we have a good one, so I have to mention him, Wilfried Nancy, okay. who not just have won the ML, the, the MLS Cup but also played great great football. Even Giorgio Chiellini, who played his last game probably of his career in that final that they lost with Los Angeles, mm. like applauded the style of football and uh, from Wilfried. So well done to him. How would uh, Columbus Crew do in Liga? Well, they would walk the league like West Ham would do in, in Italy. No, Let's that, go to Serie B. What do you What do you make of Columbus Crew? I have to say, I didn't. I follow them, but not that closely through mm. the MLS season. But they they played the best football in MLS without a doubt. I love his ideas. He was obviously. Remy Gard's assistant at Montreal and then Thierry's assistant at Montreal as well. But now on his own, he's doing an amazing, he did an amazing job. So I really hope that, not maybe not just in France, but in Europe, if he wants to come back at some point, there are teams following him because he's very, very promising. Very good. Anything else, Jules? Uh, all good for me. All right. Serie A then, next, with a bit of Juve Napoli. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Sunday evening, Juventus 1, Napoli 0. Classic Max Allegri scoreline there. Classic goal scorer as well. It's Federico Gatti again, James. Yeah, Gatti goal, <laughs> as they're beginning to call him. Yeah, what a cult hero he's becoming because he's a guy who was... When he was like 17, 18, was a kind of manual labor. He's working on building sites around uh, Piedmont. Um, so, you know, some throwback to kind of Moreno Torricelli, uh, the former joiner uh, who got uh, a chance to play for Juventus on the back of a good performance against them in pre-season for an amateur team. 
Um, but uh, Gatti, who was signed, what, from Frosinone maybe two years ago and then was left there on loan. You know, he's basically the guy who's had to come in and replace Chiellini. And uh, you mentioned 1-0 being a classic uh, Allegri scoreline. Uh, I mean, this team is all about the defence because it's keeping all these clean sheets. It's sort of not afraid or ashamed to defend in its own penalty area. And the guys getting the goals are the defenders because, you know, Gatti got the stoppage time winner against Monza the week before. Monza had equalised in the 90th minute and then Gatti pops up. He scores again. He's got three goals for the season. Vlajevic has got four. Chiesa's got four. And... Yeah, these guys keep coming up with big goals. You know, Rugani and Bremer against Cagliari. Cambiazzo keeps putting these crosses in. It's been a bit of a revelation for Juventus this season. Um, and uh, they were top on Friday night. Inter were unfazed by that, as we'll probably get to. But Juventus aren't going away. And I do think, uh, yeah, last year they showed that they could go on runs. Not just winning runs, but runs where they kept lots of clean sheets. And those runs were kind of disrupted either by... You know, the World Cup or um, the Italian Football Federation deciding to give them points deductions, take points deductions away and then put them back. Um, and I think that has given this team a resilience um, that uh, will serve them in good stead as will not playing in Europe this season. So, yeah, pretty good. I mean, Juventus put out a video after the game of Allegri coming into the dressing room afterwards and um, you just saw the what a good atmosphere there is. Gatti kind of slapping Allegri on his backside. And, you know, Allegri's trying to say, look, our objective this season is just to get in the top four again, be mm. back in the Champions League. But his players keep coming out and saying, no. We, we have a dream. We have a dream. Right. <laughs> yeah. Current champions Napoli beaten in this game. They had the chances, though, particularly oh. Kersh Kelly. Oh. oh, my word. Why is he taking... Why is that? So he loves the control from the outside of his right foot. Mm. I really believe that in that, moment when so the ball comes from Ozyman from the right hand right. side he should not have controlled the ball like that and then the ball goes further a bit and Chesney comes out and he dinks it over the bar but yeah. control it with the inside of your right even with the, the studs or left foot I suppose the lesson from this game is that Juventus their one defeat this season came away in Reggio Emilia against Sassuolo where they made a, f a couple of really comical mistakes so there's that uh, Armand Loriente shot from outside the box mm. which Chesney fumbles and goes in. And then there's the Gatti on goal. And since then, these two guys, Chesney and Gatti, have been really, really good. I mean, Chesney made a huge save at 0-0 on Giroud um, in the 1-0 win away, at San, uh, away to Milan at San Siro. And this was a huge yeah. save on Cavaratskelia. Di Lorenzo made, had a miss as well. And, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate for Napoli that that Cavaratskelia that he didn't take that chance because that was the one time that the Juventus defence was all over the place. So, yeah, I mean, we mentioned Napoli having a really tough start mm. to life under Mazzari, the fixtures being really difficult. They've been good in first halves of those games. They've, they look to be improving on the team that they were under Rudy Garcia, but obviously they're just not getting results. At the moment. They're home to, well, Braga midweek and then Cagliari at the weekend yeah. with another former... Napoli manager Claudio Ranieri at the helm of them. And then they've got Frosinoni, Revelations Frosinoni. And then they've got Derby del Sole against uh, Roma just before Christmas. Exciting. Uh, Juve, uh, according to Gazette de la Sport, will be getting Calvin Phillips as a Christmas present from Pep. That was you know, literally the headline on today's uh, yeah. 
We'll see about that, I guess. Do you want to talk about Atalanta-Milan, though? Yeah, great game. Uh, Atalanta, okay, they needed a 94th-minute winner, and what a winner it was uh, with that uh, back heel from, from Muriel. Muriel, who became the all-time top-scoring substitute in the history of Serie A. Really? Yeah, uh, with that goal. But to be honest, Atalanta should have won that game by maybe... Well, it should be maybe 4-5-2. Which, which sitter that was missed was worse, Kvaratskhelia's or uh, Charles de Ketelaar's? Uh, I think de Ketelaar's because it's, it's yeah. closer range. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't hit the target. Yeah. And, uh, but de Ketelaar was probably the man of the match mm. uh, with uh, Lukman. Um, he was particularly in the second half when he changed position. He's the player who puts the ball in for, uh, for Lukman's second. And, uh, yeah, Lukman is in great form at the moment. Um, you Two know. goals in this game. Do you think De Ketelaar was feeling the occasion because against his parent club where he'd been regarded as a colossal disappointment? Um, well, I, I thought it was kind of quite interesting. So Mal- Maldini had given an interview in the week before for La Repubblica where he was like, you know, Charles is 21, a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of guys come to Milan uh, and in their first year they, they find it too much. I would have stood by him. And then there was an article in the same newspaper on the day of the game, which was that there was a quite a lot of artistic license in this article, which described Charles as being a, a hitman uh, that had been given a hit by Paolo Maldini mm. to, to go and strike against his old club, mm. <laughs> um, which, was, which was a bit much. And he had two opportunities in the first 15 minutes. I mean, people forget the first one. Yeah. Uh, which uh, again is right in front of goal but yeah he after the game in good Italian actually said um, that it took him maybe 15 minutes to get the miss out of his head right you know and, and to be honest I mean he had a he had another uh, effort which was pulled back for a foul on Teo Hernandez where he was one on one with Maignan mm. but it was a good it was a good performance and Atalanta were really yeah. Atalanta were really good um, and, and I mean Lookman yeah they, they've put a lot of money into the front three at Atlanta in the summer. Um, yeah, they signed Skamaka from West Ham. They've signed El Bilal Touré, who's yet to play for them, for a lot of money. They've got Charles de Ketelet, of course. But Lookman con- continues. You know, I mean, in terms of the money that they've had to reinvest from Hoyland, Lookman was obviously already there last year and, and has been very good. OK. Uh, Jovic scoring for Milan, that's now 2-2 two two for him, which could be key ahead of that trip to St. James's. And Magnon as well, even though they, they shipped three goals, he, he looked uh, he looked good after one or two wobbles of late. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, um, he's he been saving them. I mean, obviously he couldn't save them from, from dropping all the points in, in, in this game, but like against Fiorentina where they were undeserved winners, 1-0, he made that save from Mandragora with his face yeah. uh, right in stoppage time. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Milan in in a, in a lot of trouble really because um, all of these injuries that they they have are kind of making. Yeah, we've seen Pioli have this Houdini esque knack for escapology whenever things have started to go wrong. Um, yeah, even in the spring of this year when they lost five two to Sassuolo and they had to change to a back three to just stabilize things, they didn't have the injury crisis that they do now. And the injury crisis is so deep, you do wonder, like, how does he pull himself out of mm. this? And they do have a bit of a margin over the teams outside the Champions League positions, but there's so many that are clustered there, Roma, Bologna, Fiorentina. Well, they're closer to 10th exactly. than they are to Inter. Hmm. Um, and OK, Inter and Juventus are running away with it, but Milan's idea when they sold Tenali and reinvested all that money was that 
they wouldn't be anxious over qualifying for the Champions League this season in the way that they were last year, where on the pitch, Milan finished fifth. It was only Juventus' points deduction that meant that they qualified for the Champions League. So they didn't want that to happen again. And instead, yeah, they are third, but it looks better um, because all the teams behind them are kind of stumbling. But at the same time, if they lose a couple of games, they could find themselves 10th. Drawn into that, yeah. All right. Inter not stumbling, 4-0. They beat Udinese. All the usual favourites on the score sheet. Four different players on the score sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, wrap things up really by half time. They were 3 0 up. It's the kind of thing that Napoli used to do last season. Um, allowed them to, um, to rest, rotate players. Guys, you haven't really seen this season, like Stefano Sensi mm. uh, coming on. Um, so that's you know, good in, in, in view of the game against Real Sociedad on Tuesday. When he'll field nine different players, yeah, anyway. like he always yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a new nickname in Zaghi. Have you yeah, seen this? The Demon of Piacenza. Yeah, which I, I'm. Yeah, Why it, Italy's demon? really good at nicknames, and this is. I think this is one of those social media nicknames, oh, which see. has been translated. But also, why would you call? Given that the, your rivals, your arch rivals, and neighbours are, are the Diaboli. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the devils or the demons. Mm. Um, I mean, apparently this came from the Inter Juventus game a couple of oh, yeah. weeks ago, where. The ball goes out of play and Inzaghi, is, he picks the ball up and he's holding it ready for a... An like inter- it's someone's soul? <laughs> like it's someone's it soul. like angel heart? And then Federico Chiesa quite sort of um, petulantly just right. takes it from him. Uh-huh. And, um, and Inzaghi stares and he's like well, just fixed. His hand is still out as if the ball is, is, is... Yeah, but yeah. empty. And he just stares <laughs> like furiously. Right, um, and apparently that's where this demon of Piacenza has come from. But uh, wow. you know, okay, it's not quite Pep Genesio. Not quite Pep Genesio. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the demon of the Stadio Olimpico, Jose Mourinho. Oh. Yeah, uh, his jo- Roma side uh, underwhelming once again. I'm going to say. I agree. I watched that game, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, no, because it was there was a lot of things happening, there so were, I enjoyed but, it. But okay, good. But amongst the things that were happening were. Dybala putting in a perfect ball for Lukaku's oh, header to open the scoring. Then getting injured for the third well, time. Then missing injured. a chance himself. Yeah. Then getting injured again. What is it this time? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the scan. But oh, right. uh, Well, I wouldn't see the scan anyway because yeah. I'm not privy to that kind of information. But they haven't Stop given the... Whole the whole cast yeah, off. I think it was a flexor on the same leg where he'd hurt his knee. And and then his substitute, Sedar Azmoun, our favourite uh, Iranian Messi, mm-hmm. um, lover of horses. Yeah, he's got ten. Right? Um, he then got injured oh. um, as well, and then uh, Lukaku uh, got sent off. Yeah, Mourinho. I thought Mourinho had got sent off, but he hadn't. He was busy giving a ball boy yeah, a piece so, of paper. Yeah, oh, he right. like in the meantime, uh, he looked like a Fiorentina flyer. have uh, Fiorentina have equalised. Roma have gone down to. Uh, what, nine uh, nine by now, no? Because you've yeah. already had... Uh, no, Lukaku red card is... Who was the first? Uh, Zalowski, no? Who was the... Uh, Zalewski. Yeah, Zalewski, yellows, right. yeah. Zalewski first, and then Lukaku. And so yeah. Roma finished with nine. So he gives the ball boy a note to give to yeah. Rui Patricio. What's the story? Well, I mean, the ball boy um, is uh, in the dugout with Mourinho. And then you think, oh, what's he doing? Is he just like sort of venting with the ball boy? But then the ball boy reappears behind the goal with this piece of paper. For Rupa Shrisio, yeah. And yeah. Uh, all it is is just like the positions for two substitutes to take on set, play, yeah. set pieces. Which you'd think would be more information for, unless he's going to tell the substitutes where, where yes. he stands. Yeah, he gives them yeah. to Rui Patricio. Okay. Rui Patricio. Was it performative, do you think? Or was that genuinely essential that 
that Josie said that. Um, have you ever seen Mourinho do anything just for show? <laughs> That's but, but Jose, um, obviously, you know, his contract's up at the end of the year mm. and there's more and more kind of anxiety within Rome that he's, he's not going to be around. And so he's been putting pressure on the club to sort of open these contract torts. And then there was this banner in the Curva. So did you see this? Which um, was one of the most sycophantic banners I've ever seen. Mm. Um, it was uh, saying like, you know, our eyes are drunk with... Um, with red and yellow, right. um, and uh, something about their soul as well. And then it was Jose Mourinho, Romanista a vita, yeah, which nice. is uh, Romanista for Whoa. life. Yeah. When, 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 when you get your team to go and like, get 1-1 one, one draws against Servette. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the stuff of... <laughs> I mean, when, when did you have time to make that banner, you think? <laughs> <laughs> was that what was on the... That note? was the ball boy's second job. Yeah. Get them to say... Um, but yeah. James, I mean, you yeah. were in Rome when uh, Roma won the league. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Mm. Do you remember Fabio Capello being this popular? <laughs> I mean, different times. Yeah, different no, times. It was a time of no, substance, not, but not... Also, Mourinho is a superficiality. Mourinho is a cult. It is. He creates... Uh, what are you calling him? A cult. Oh, cult. Sorry, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He but he didn't Come speak on, after the game, right? He didn't speak after the game. you right first time, though, but yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Whereas Capello's that kind of prickly guy, which Capello, which Mourinho is too. Yeah. It's different. Santiago Bernabeu, he also presented himself as the Robin Hood of the rich, in a way. He presented himself like the Robin Hood because Barcelona was, you know, sponsored by UNICEF and Barcelona had all the favors and all the good press and all that. But he was coaching Real Madrid. And they spent a lot of money for him. And he presented himself as a manager who was in charge of a smaller club. He's not a smaller club. Sponsored by UNICEF is hardly kind of nation-state um, <laughs> they were, they were Actually, they weren't sponsored by UNICEF, weren't they? They were, they they were just for free. Yeah. Bar yeah. Barcelona were yeah. sponsored by UNICEF, and Jose well, Mourinho they, was no, 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 they didn't get any money for it. Well, yeah, the word is not sponsored. They had the label. Yeah, 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 but I think, as, as I recall, his point was that they get favors as a result because nobody wants to. Yeah, you know, and and yeah, it's not an investigation. Not an investigation going on at the moment, no. you know, about Barcelona. And, no, but you, know. True. you will see no uh, president <laughs> defending Jose Mourinho more mm. than Florentino did with Mourinho at the it's time. True. And uh, he didn't get many more trophies than anybody else, but he created that uh, connection with the ultras and with part of the fan base. It's what Mourinho does everywhere he goes. We should uh, quickly mention, yeah, Fiorentina. I feel quite bad for Fiorentina because they played well in some of these big games. And, um, you know, they... They deserve to win against Roma, uh, even before they had the man advantage or two-man advantage. Yeah. Likewise, they deserve to get something against Milan only for Mike Magnan's face um, to get in the way. And yet they're still doing quite well, even though their league form has suffered. I think this is like their second best start to a season in the league over the last 15 years or something. And then Bologna up to fifth. We've yep. mentioned Bologna as being another one of the revelations. Um, and... You know, because of how tight it is between third and tenth, mm. you know, there is a possibility that someone might do a Villa, you know, yeah, not, 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 not win the league, like Villa can still do that. But like in terms of like insert themselves into top four, even in that uh, top seven. Well, Roma in fourth place on 25 points. You've got Bologna, them, Bologna, Napoli, Fiorentina and Atalanta all within two points of each other. And Monza yeah. only just slightly behind them as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, result of the weekend. There you go. Uh, you wanted to mention Serie B again, James. Yeah, just because every now and again we get asked about Samp and how okay. is Samp getting on uh, because they were you know, in the bottom three for a bit on the Pirlo and Pirlo was on the brink. Mm. Um, they've won four of their last five games. 
Um, they played against Lecco, um, who got promoted, and they played against them at the weekend at Marassi. They won that game, uh, and it was remarkable for a couple of things. One, it was like Fabio Qualirella's goodbye, um, and so there was you know sort of tears in his eyes as the the Gradinata kind of uh, bid him farewell, um, and then a guy from his town, Castellamare di Stabia, um, Sebastiano Esposito, who's part of this like incredible like football family. He's 21. He's been like this next big thing in Italian football for about five years without really doing all that much. And he scores two incredible goals. Mm. And uh, he runs to the sideline afterwards and like he grabs Pirlo as though like, and he, he shakes him. And this guy's 21. He looks like he's, yeah, still in school. And it looks like he's like attacking Pirlo. Right. Does Pirlo still look cool through it? <laughs> he does. His hair, you know, does not move. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a big celebration. Right. But like, if you if you watch the video, it's it's quite remarkable. It's like watching almost like Cassano just like mm. kick off. Yeah. Um, or Gattuso back in the day. But but it's all in good. Uh, oh, nice. know, so yeah. But Esposito. Mm. It's such an interesting surname that one. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because it, it, people from a lot of people from Naples are called Esposito. Lot, Esposito, because it actually means out, born outside of wedlock. I yeah. Think, if they didn't have a, if their parents weren't married, they were given the surname Esposito. I believe I'm right in saying. Yeah. That, yeah. But he he's one of three footballing brothers. They're all young, yes. um, and he was seen as the most talented one, mm. um, because he came through Inter's academy and then you know Inter sold him capital gains uh, and all that sort of stuff. And then his, his, his brother is a sort of number six who plays for Spal and Spezia. Um, but they went to the same soccer school in Naples as Gigio Donnarumma. So it's like, you know, it's pretty good uh, little path, little thing they've got going on down there. Um, but yeah, Sam's doing well, which yeah, is good, tense. you know. You know who's doing well as well in Serie B? Says Fabregas. Uh, says Fabregas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Ten points third. in four games. Yeah, they beat yeah. Modena the weekend. Simone Verdi okay. scored. Yeah. Modena. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Nice. I reckon that's enough. CDB roundup for one week. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back on Tuesday. Oh, Rafa, you're not going to be here. Where are you going to be? Holiday. You're going on holiday oh. next week. Oh. <laughs> Look at the smile. I know. YouTube, so happy. YouTube viewers, what's this? So happy. He's probably going somewhere sunny as well. Yeah, he probably is. Dark. All right. Well, the rest of us are going to be here putting in the hours. <laughs> um, hey, we well, don't need to Bundesliga roundup next week. Woo! <laughs> and, and then they go on that big break, don't they? Yeah, they do. They have so, a month off. Good that's, time. That's why Rafa goes we, away, you see. Yeah. We review the Stuttgart by ourselves. They'll so. do that. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, have a great holiday, Rafa. We'll see you before that on the Gold Show and the Top Top, top. Europa Highlight Show. Top Top. 10.30 on Thursday. Do join us, please. Anyway, Jules, <laughs> see you soon. Alvaro, see you tomorrow. James Horncastle, you, uh, producer Charlie, Rachel in the booth. Bye, everyone. We'll see you soon. From all of us here, it's goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Athletic.